Got it. And a good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Sports and Media Show. I'm Jeff. I am Joe. It is uh, Easter week, the Easter edition of the uh, show. Uh, and I guess there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, a lot of baseball happening. It's opening day baseball, NCAA Final Four. Hockey and basketball are heading towards the playoffs, uh, golf and rat NASCAR. So all sports are in season, Joe. Yeah, and also it's April Fool's Day, and uh, it appears that our own sports information group has uh, posted a April Fool's joke on its social media. I don't know if you saw that. Is that the one with the falls on the pit at, Illinois, at Eastern? Yeah. yeah, they had an announcement of their new uh, ball pit facility, and they, they had this aerial view of, I think it looked like the football stadium, um, filled with all kinds of balls. They talked about how many tens of thousands of balls will be filled in the pit for their new ball crew or something like that. Yeah, it's um, pretty good. Yeah, that's a good one because it really does it. It's not mean-spirited. Yeah, it's just you want funny ones because now – yeah, I woke up this morning and the first time I checked Twitter and it's like, oh, I don't even want to check Twitter today because, you know – had all these stupid trades and announcements. And then they, and then I saw where it said Roy Williams re, uh, resigned. And I'm like, whatever. And then it really ended up being, I don't know why he would resign today, but he's out of North Carolina. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe right now it's a good time to recruit coaches because some of them are going to be losing their jobs as they lose in the NCAA tournament. Um, plus, if you go to the tournament, maybe you can uh, find a better way to walk around because the coaches all hover around there yeah. anyway, the ones who are free or such. But what I didn't realize is that Roy Williams was a heck of a coach at, at Kansas, right? He did, he, he did not win a title there though. Right. And, um, but he really turned that program into one of the best in the country there. Yep. For sure. But, but what I, what I forgot is he won three titles at North Carolina. Is, that's as many. Well, when you uh, do what he does, yeah, you, it's easy to win with how he won. <laughs> well, I mean, no, but still you guys got to win. It's easy. I think to get, to the high levels, but to actually win, like Mark Few, who's at uh, Gonzaga, has come close so many times, and um, and he's elevated the program. He's a great coach, but you know he's still got to win one to you know mint uh, his 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 legacy. I mean, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see among the four teams here. I don't know how much you've been watching, but you know you've got uh, what is it, Baylor, Houston, UCLA, and Gonzaga, I think, and. Yep. Uh, UCLA, I think, has been clearly the most interesting of all of them. Oh yeah, I mean they've already won five games. They were in the first four, um, and, and you know they uh, they're probably the team that scares Gonzaga the most because honestly they can they can if they lose they can still be happy. They won five games in the tournament, got the final four. Uh, they're going to go in there just balls to the wall and play really really hard because I think that they've got you know you always hear the cliche and I know you want to talk about cliches today is that they really don't have anything to lose. If they lose to use to be like Zaga, they were supposed to. If they pull the biggest upset ever, uh, it, it's a, it's great for them. So, uh, kudos to UCLA for making it that far. Yeah, normally I would be pulling for UCLA, but Gonzaga has been so close for so long. I just would like to see them finally at least get to the championship game again. Uh, didn't they? Didn't they lose to UCLA years ago where they had they blew like a fifteen? Yeah, absolutely late. Yeah, Twenty thirteen, I think it was. So I get. So yeah, I don't think anybody's beating Gonzaga based unless somebody gets hurt or COVID. They, they look like a juggernaut right now. They do. They do. And uh, the other team I'm really sort of rooting for is Houston because uh -huh. um, Kelvin Sampson, I think is he, he's got a kind of a, the things that they went after him for like texting players and stuff like that. Or cheating. Big deal. <laughs> well, how, how, how did he cheat? 
Well, remember you don't you're you're not from Illinois, so you don't you, you don't understand how me Kelvin Sampson is hated around here. Well, because everybody in Illinois hates everything from Indiana. Well, I mean, he basically stole players that were committed and and did very much underhanded things to get uh, Gordon to to break out of his commitment to go to Indiana, and then he got you know ran out of town in Indiana after they didn't like him. So, mm, not a, not a good person in my world, or in a lot of people in Indiana's world as well. Sure. Sure. I, I guess I don't I don't really care the same way you probably don't care about Yankee Red Sox rivalries and stuff like that. But yeah, but they're not cheating to win. They're playing the game. The, the Red Sox were cheating to win. Huh? Is Red Sox cheated to win with Joey Core and everything like that? that well, I'm talking about even Yankees against the Red Sox. The I, know, I know what you're saying there. Yeah. Um, I'd have to read some more about it. Um, Just look up Eric Gordon. Yeah, no, I remember that they, they got him there. I don't know. It's uh, but that's an interesting thing how he's turned Houston, which is a, essentially a conference USA team, into a, a contender there. Baylor, well, I just don't like Baylor because of all the crap they did with oh, yeah, the, that's not the another, sexual that's assault. Kind of pro- I mean, I, 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 I don't mind their coach, the Drew guy, but no, no, he's a good guy. They, I mean, they had a player kill another player within the last decade. Uh, I don't know how they didn't get in more trouble at the time, and they're, they're not, yeah. It, I, they're they're the, one of the other least likable teams in the in the tournament, uh, in my opinion. Uh, whoever wins Gonzaga UCLA, I'm for that side to win it all, and the other two teams. Yeah, one Gonzaga to win. Hey, isn't isn't Drew the one who was from Valparaiso where his dad used to coach and then he yeah. played for him? Yeah, and that when they made that run of, I forget if they got to the Elite Eight or something like at that. At least Sweet Sixteen on that one great play to the corner, pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, that, well, that was excellent. Who was the coach at Baylor that got – oh, Dave Bliss. It was Bliss, right? It was in all the trouble. I think it was Dave Bliss. I'm not positive, though. There's a good documentary on that that's worth seeing, too. I'll have to check it out. There's so many good ones out there. Although I feel like – well, probably because of COVID, ESPN has slowed down on its 30 for 30s. But, of course, they already had a lot. You know, at this point, you know, there's still a lot more to dive into, I'm sure. But – um, yeah. I'd like to see, I'd like to, see, I hope after this, there's some more, cause I really enjoy those documentaries. Yeah, I do. Um, speaking of COVID, I, uh, you know, you know, COVID is we, as people are thinking that it's, you know, we're starting to win this war. It's kind of struck its ugly head though, in a little bit. I mean, the nationals home opener day has been canceled. A hockey game got canceled last night at last minute uh, to COVID. Um, I saw in the OBC, the S uh, there, I think, I believe a team had to, had to drop out. Uh, of the volleyball tournament, um, as soccer canceled some games, so COVID is still there. So we all need to still be careful and do what we need to be doing. I could, yeah, absolutely. Uh, two stories just from this week. From uh, my one daughter works at the Hospital Memorial up in Springfield, and um, my wife, of course, works in the heart cath lab here at Sarah Bush Lincoln. So yesterday, last night, I'm t- talking to my daughter. She's driving home from work. Yeah. And uh, she said it's remarkable how much of a spike they're having there for COVID. Not just little cases, but really sick cases because people are coming in and like, how did I get COVID? Did you protect yourself? No. They're thinking because some people are getting shots. They're not interested in getting shots. They're not interested in protecting themselves with masks but they think everybody else is going to take care of and everything is going to go away. So you're right. That's causing it. And my, my wife who works at the heart cath lab here uh, said that a patient was like yelling and screaming saying, I'm not wearing a mask. Wearing a mask is, you know, gave some silly metaphor, but uh, people are still fighting it. It's just remarkable to me that basic science is wear a mask and you're going to limit. You're not going to hundred percent get rid of it, but you're going to severely limit 
and, and, and save lives. And, and if you're a sports fan, like we're talking about, shut up, like you said, and take wear your darn masks so we can play sports and watch sports and attend sports again. You know, yeah. it's uh, at, at Charleston High School, they're playing a Thursday night game. They, they've given 700 tickets to Charleston, 200 to the visiting St. Joe Ogden, but they'll allow other people to come in if they can show verification of double vaccination. Yeah. Hey, isn't that worth it? Save a life. If nothing else, go watch your game. <laughs> no. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, and I think being outside helps a lot too. I mean, you know. It does. It does. But it won't 100% protect you if you're all packed together. But yeah. it makes a difference. Like you and I have been talking about how outdoor sports are probably played, whether or not the fans are there. I don't care. Um, of course, the parents care. But if the parents have any care, yeah, let's keep up with COVID. Do some basic things. I've, I've had two shots. I still wear a mask. You know, just just so just for, for whatever reason is to help other people in case somehow maybe I can pass it along. I don't know. I'm, I'm one shot in. I get. I still got one to go. Well, good for you. Good for you. What, what was that? that? I do not know. Oh, that was my computer. Warning me of something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, it's because I have the baseball game on in the back and and my email up. I'm trying so, to turn stuff off. Uh, I'll turn so we're in real time. What's the Braves score right now? Oh, we're not talking about that right now. Because the Yankees are tied two-two in the top of the top of the ninth with Toronto. Braves are losing two nothing, and uh, Free can't get anybody out. So, <coughs> what inning are they in? Uh, third inning. No, oh, okay. it's still early. It's still early. Yeah. Hey, you know, sort of talking. I know we're, we don't really talk about them much, but um, Lakeland softball—they're good. Twenty-four games in a row. I don't care how good you are. When that many games in a row is remarkable. Uh, that that program is continues to be fantastic, and you know it's um, you know we're talking about media coverage sometimes. We of course for the Coles County Sports covers them, but I'm amazed how come sometimes community college sports sort of get short shrift. It's the university sports and the high school sports. And everybody forgets about the community college, but we get quite a good readership for the stories that we post on there. So it's oftentimes better than the high school. Well, you you think if you just if you looked at every program that has sports in Coles County. You can make a strong case that the two best are Lakeland women's basketball and Lakeland women's softball. Oh, that, without I mean, a doubt. I know Charleston girls golf and is there, and you know you could you could look at Mattoon girls softball, <coughs> but in in really theory, I think you could easily make a case that those are the two best programs in Coles County. Oh, over the, mostly over the last decade. W- without a doubt, these are teams that are ranked last year the Lakeland women's basketball team had a chance to win a national championship. They went into it third. I mean, that team was loaded Uh, and then they lose their top player and they're still number four this year, you know, and uh, I think, what is it next week? They're going to, they're going to start the region 24. Yeah. We're hoping that they're going to play on uh, the two games on Friday and then one game on Saturday at Lakeland, if everything can uh, get approved. So, yeah. Cause I know we're going to have Mike, Mike's going to come out there and cover at least part of that too. So yeah. I agree with you. This, uh, you know, Nick Nelson and Dave Johnson have done an extraordinary jobs for both of those programs, and they're longtime coaches too. Yeah, true. So, um, what do you think about Eastern Illinois uh, basketball? They uh, they got uh, they announced that Marty Simmons, an Illinois basketball legend, way back actually when I was in high school, is the new coach. Got announced yesterday, and then officially today was press conference, and uh, he was saying some of the right things on the press conference. Uh, but what I think about Marty Simmons is, I, I think he. He rings the bell for people my age, your age, in, the, in, the, in this area. But again, to get Eastern Illinois students and local students into the seats, I don't know if he rings the bell or not. So that's what is really going to be the determiner, if that's a word, over the next couple of years of whether or not he can get uh, that program righted. 
the only thing that rings any sort of bell is you better win. Um, that's why or have that great athlete like Murray State did with John Morant for a couple of years. Right. And, and they won. They, yeah. they were successful those during those years, too. Um, I don't think it makes a difference if we're a division two, like like Northwest Missouri State, who won another basketball championship and they won football championships. They pack it there. If we were a division three program doing that every year, we're going to get a lot of people at our basketball games and football at D one. Clearly it's more challenging and more difficult to do that. Uh, but, but they're going to have to start winning. You know, they, we can't, we can't, I mean, sometimes we're happy to get 15 and 15 for a basketball season, but they're going to have to start regularly winning 20 or so games. Like even the women's program started getting more people coming in with Brady Salee when they started, you know, just killing it for there before he took off. And Matt Ballant seems like he's starting to pick up on that too. But until the men's program starts winning, I just forget it. Um, I, I also believe strongly in homegrown talent. Um, I know at the, at the highest, highest levels, you have to go beyond there, but, but think about, we just talked about Lakeland softball. It's a nice mix of local talent and talent over in Indiana. Even uh, Julio Godinez, uh, who's taken over the baseball team, I think they've won like three, four, five games a year for about four or five years. And I think today they just won their 13th game or something like that. Uh, that team's filled with what Keegan Brady from Charleston. And, and, and you've got, uh, uh yeah, there's a lot of local first kid who's, uh, uh, for, for, for pitching. And you've got, you know, Spitz, I think Jacob Spitz over in Mattoon There's like four or five regular contributors from just those two towns, much less yeah. some of the other local outside. I mean, uh, Dave Johnson is regularly you know, tapped into Effingham for a lot of its uh, women's talent, sometimes Charleston and Mattoon. These are good programs that are doing it. So Marty Simmons, who's what, from just south of Robinson, uh, what, Lawrenceville, maybe? Yeah. Uh, he was Mr. Basketball, I think, 83, 84, something like that. Um, if he can get something within the hour or so around here, a drive and start getting local talent, that's going to be a big pull as well. He's got to do that. And, and uh, maybe even once in a while, grabbing a Lakeland, you know, person, you know, to come over here yeah. if the kids, you know, at that level, especially if it's a local kid who played over there. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm always torn because when you hire a coach, you, you really can't look at it for three or four years. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can say, look at the recruits and here's what's going on there. But because I really thought Jay Swoonhauer was on his way to really revamping this entire program. And, and I really like him as a person and as a coach. Um, but you got to win. So I'm hoping the local kid, Marty Simmons, will be able to turn it around. There you go. I hope so, too. Like, you just never know. I mean, Eastern basketball is so, uh, you know, once every 20 years, we seem to make a little bark. But, you know, you, you know that, that doesn't really continue to make that fan base, you know jump up and down and it's you know obviously we have not the best obviously one of the worst gyms probably in america to watch basketball in. And, so and, and i think it's also difficult to get out of the loser tag so when you when you're considered a loser good luck having people show interest yeah. so think about the new york jets when you think about them right now you think loser i mean when we were growing up they had some really good competitive teams in the 80s and 90s but now you think losers and that's why in part i think that the um the New York Giants, which have won two Super Bowls in recent memory, but they haven't been in the playoffs since 2016 when they won 11 games and got exited right away. And since then, the la before last year when they won six, which considered a like, oh, wow, we won six games. They were winning like three and two. That sucks, especially if you're in the New York market. So uh, John Mara, who's the owner, 
They've spent like $80 million, $100 million. They're signing free agents left and right. And one of the reasons, you know, he didn't come out and say that they better win or the coach is gone. But they're sick of losing. He did say, I'm sick of losing. Yeah, I like it when an owner says that. You know, yes. That's putting that, that that's a shot across the bow to everybody in the organization, coaches, players, and even the attendants that, hey, uh, we expect better this year. So, yeah, you, I like to see the active owners. I mean, the Steelers owner did something similar. He said, we will be able to run the ball again. Well, that's, that's what Steelers football is about. So, you know, he's pretty much – they both shot – the and, and the, ironically, the Steelers and Giants owners are best are really good friends. So, yes. uh, I like the fact they both came out and said that. That always makes it fun. And it's funny how we always come back to the NFL no matter what. In, in, this, in, in the world of all the baseballs going on, football's still top of mind with, you know, the free agencies going on, trades are happening – and of course, we're a month away from the draft. Yeah, oh no, absolutely. It was kind of interesting. I teach a sports media class on Tuesday, Thursday, and we we're talking about some of the issues, but uh, we we're talking about the NCAA women's basketball. So for example, you know, since our last podcast, we've had uh, the NCAA famously giving like one rack of weights and some yoga mats to these really strong athletic women competing in the NCAA tournament, which is just an egregiously stupid thing. Whoever's in charge of that show must get suspended or, or fired. Like, how, how do you not get that in today's age? Um, but the other thing, again, one of the rips against the NCAA women's tournament is that um, they don't make money and um, that it's not as interesting, but they're competing against the men at the same time, the most popular event in America every single year. And they still are growing and they're doing a really good job. I mean, think how tough it is if you're in the women's you know, tournament, the men's tournament, opening day is taking place, baseball, the, the basketball NHL going on. Plus, as always, the NFL draft. Everybody's been talking about that since the end of the season. Yeah. How, do you, how do you make yeah. your mark? It's yeah. very difficult. Yeah. Well, and the other problem, I think, you know, and actually I kind of pay attention more to college, to college women's basketball than I ever have the last few years. But the issue they have is realistically that in about 10 markets or 10 cities, that's where the best 10 teams are. They sure. really have got to expand that to where it's more of a, because let's face it, every year it's Connecticut, UConn, I mean, UConn, South Carolina, Notre Dame, Stanford, Tennessee, a Texas team. You know, so it's, it's been a lot of the same teams over and over. I mean, UConn's been to 13 straight Final Fours. Uh, that's great for UConn and their fans. It's bad for everybody else when there's only, you know, when it's the same teams winning over and over. You really need a couple of other teams to, you know, to step up. And, and UConn may roll to the championship again this year with that, with a freshman who's incredible. No, no, they're, they're loaded once again. And I think it's one of those things, especially at college level, once you start winning, you sort of dominate, whether it was the Louisiana Lafayette teams uh, or the Tennessee teams, but unlike some of those years, <coughs> excuse me, I'm seeing every couple of years, you're seeing one more good women's program. Cause you're right. It needs to be more than wh whether it's eight, 10 or 12 teams, yeah. but I'm seeing more like Arizona, you, you would have never thought about Baylor. Yeah. And now they've become one of the big programs there. South Carolina has now become one of the big programs there for women's uh, basketball. So Instead of it used to being Connecticut and Tennessee and then eventually into Notre Dame, and now you're seeing it build out. But it needs to build out more than the 10 because right now you need to be able to have like a like a UCLA is what, a seven seed or something like that? and 11 seed. 11 seed, that's right. So really, realistically, they were like the 40, 40th to 44th ranked team in there and they have a shot. And you just don't 
maybe this is it. Maybe this is what you're saying or what we're both saying is that you don't see the upsets or upsets early on in the women, which excites us about the men. Maybe yeah. that's it. You like to see you like to see the UCLA's and the 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 uh, some of the upstarts, you know, get get a chance. And and the and, and it seems like an incident by women. There's so many of the good players all congregate to those four or five best schools. And I'll say this also translates right into what I want to say next is the NBA has got even a worse problem on their hands because college, it, it is cyclical. You'll see the like Arizona this year is going to pop up for the women and it'll come back around to some, a couple other teams. But the NBA right now is basically four or five super teams and everybody else just trying to play to get in the playoffs, say your playoff team. And it is to the point now where I, I don't even care about the NBA anymore. It is at the bottom of the rung on sports I want to watch because it's basically come down to the Nets and the and the Nets and the Sixers in the East, and in the West it's going to be Utah, Clippers and Lakers. And everybody else is just playing to get in the playoffs and lose. And I I don't think that's good for the NBA. Yeah, I I I agree with that. I hate the fact that they're trying to get more because was it I think the Nets just added to their with with, with the stupid rules they have for how you can like buy out some of these agents, yeah. free agents like down the stretch. You shouldn't be allowed that after the trade deadline to do that for playoffs. Um, and I also heard rumors. I don't. I think it's just a ridiculous one about how LeBron James is trying to recruit Steph Curry to come play for the Lakers. There's no way Steph Curry goes down there and plays for the Lakers. What's going on there? If it did happen that would be one of the worst things for the NBA. But what I think is also cool at the same time is uh, last year, Miami went deep into the playoffs with not a super team. They made, you know, going in there and knocking off Milwaukee. And I think it's really cool also that Utah is not one of those super teams. I'm really rooting for Utah this year because it's not one one team that's got the really Donovan Mitchell and uh, Conley uh, really. And and everybody else is good bit players. You almost have to root for them uh, because they're the one team that's not the super team that has a chance. But, but, but you're right. It, it, that's hurting the NBA that they're, they're creating too many of these super teams instead of us having teams that we see through the years grow and <clears throat> maybe have problems early on. Like remember the, you know, the, the Pistons had troubles and then they became the team and the Bulls had troubles because they couldn't beat the Pistons and, yeah. you know, and they eventually evolved on that. But yeah, I, I still, I still love the NBA, but that is not one part of it that I like. I agree. Yeah. There you go. Um, cliches in baseball. I saw where you had posted or, or wrote, I don't know if it was on Facebook or Twitter this morning that, uh, you despise some of the use of announcer or not. An, and I guess it's announcers, more writers that use cliches. I don't mind in- it as much from announcers, but I hate them from writers because yeah. writers give us a couple of examples of why I, I think this is interesting. I love this stuff. Okay. Well, it's lazy as lazy as hell. So when you're doing that, that tells me you're not thinking creatively, tells me you're not thinking with uh, uh, precision. And those two things bother me a great deal. So like if you and I are talking, I, I actually love talking cliches when I know I'm purposely joking about it. So if we were at the, a bar or restaurant watching a game or if we were doing something like that, I, I don't have as much of a problem. You're announcing the game. Don't have a problem. I feel that's the best part of the conversation sometimes. But when you're writing, you're not just grabbing them off the top of your head. Not that I know it's not always right off the top of your head, but it's a lot more uh, ephemeral that way. Whereas when you're writing, you have to think about it. You put it on the page and go, oh yeah, a dinger is exactly what I meant for a home run. I absolutely meant dinger, you know, or something like that. Or, you know, uh, I mean, I just, I just hate those 
uh, those phrases, whether it's the NCAA tournament used to, it has a lot of those like, Hey, he's hitting a tray, you know? Oh, look at it. It's from the charity stripe. No, there's no charity going on there. Especially if Shaquille O'Neal was shooting free throws, yeah. you know, uh, he, he'd be poor from that, you know? So I hate those when you're writing because you're supposed to find a better, more creative way to do that. Um, when you're in there, plus you're looking at it and then you're thinking, yes, absolutely. Oh my God. I love this cliche. And I just absolutely hate that. Whereas when we're talking, we just sort of sling them, you know, so that doesn't bother me as much. That's my main argument, at least. What do you think? I, I, I just, I love the, your take on this because it's one of the things that as, as a sports guy, I never thought of until you <coughs> brought this up a couple of times on the show. And now I find myself when somebody uses one or I write, I, I see something writing, I'm like, ah, Joe wouldn't like that. <laughs> and so it, it's interesting how, uh, some of these things, you know, they take lives of their own when we start talking about them. And, uh, and, and so it's just fun talk. I mean, and, you know, and mostly with opening day today, and it'll be interesting to read the paper tomorrow. I'll read some sports stories and see how many dingers or dongs or oh whatever they're going to call them yeah. this year. Four uh, baggers. Yeah, four you baggers. Know, uh, yeah, there's, there's all kinds of them. There's so many of them. Taters, you know, these are all just for home runs. And the football, the worst one I hate is the dime he threw it on you know the dime so that thing he dropped a dime i'm going that's not that's like a 1975 reference yeah. he dropped a dime there's no pay phones anymore you're not dropping dimes and phones anymore for god's sakes you know maybe <laughs> dropped a debit card or something i don't know what the best one would be but I, i'm with you i hate that one hate all it. right let's get to the walking dead pick six too i don't know why i hate it pick six I don't mind pick six as much, but I, yeah, it, it's, it's used almost all the time now. And so it gets gotten old. Like, I don't mind it if we're narrating what we're seeing on the screen and we're doing highlights. Hey, there he is with the pick six and he's running in for a touchdown. But if you're writing it, people are going pick six. Did I win the lottery? What the heck's going <laughs> on? I don't know what you're talking about. Pick six. I never even got four of the six ever. That's a win for me. You know, so. <laughs> uh, Joe, you're <laughs> it's a all right, let's talk Walking Dead. We we've missed two episodes last week. We got to talk, okay. um, and uh, you know we can probably just say, I hate to say this, but I'm going to say, and I know it's COVID. There's COVID issues on the set, and they can, they can't do what they used to do. But it's really sad that Walking Dead has become a shell of a shell of its former self with these last couple of episodes. I wish um, they didn't have a season. I wish this season didn't exist. That's yeah. how much I dislike it. It, it would almost be better if they would just wait for the summer season and, and, and skip the stuff they're doing. I was mildly optimistic after, you know, the, the first show or two, uh, but I'm done. Yeah. I, I, I'm so glad that I taped it because know what I found myself doing for the first time in a while, you know, when you tape it and I'm actually taping it and looking at the screen in fast motion to see, do I want to pause? No, yeah. they're still standing, talking. They're still standing, talking. Oh no, there's some more talking. Oh, wait, let me go back into that great action. Oh, talking some more. I didn't care. I didn't care. Well, it, it, with Daryl and Carol, the talking got to be where they were, it, they were talking about a rat of all things and, and, and a screwdriver or a pocket wine knife. Or whatever <laughs> it was. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Then you go back an episode with the princess episode it was an episode that really didn't even happen because most of it was her head, her vivid imagination while she was asleep. And the only thing, the only thing that happened was the last scene when she opened the gates and saw her friends were tied up. And so you wasted an hour of our lives watching for one scene. And then last week we see Daryl and Carol and you, and they, and they promoted it as oh Daryl and Carol are separating and going their own ways. And what happens? They end up back together at Alexandria doing nothing. I, it, it's, it's so frustrating 
And if you saw the previews for this upcoming week, it is basically the how Negan became Negan, which we nobody cares anymore. We know that he went through, his wife had cancer, she dies, he becomes a bad man, and now he's trying to change his life. We're going to have to sit through an hour of that uh, because they can't figure out anything to do on the set. So it's just, oh, it's so sad. At least this weekend's the final uh, episode of the year. Then there'll be a summer season and then movies, and then we're done. I just don't. Um, if you took every show this year and and threw it in the garbage and shredded it, you're not losing anything because none of these things advance the plot. No, there's the no advance to the plot. There's I really thought we were going to get some with with Princess and everybody going and meeting these new people, uh, but all we got were these you know side conversations that were meaningless. Yeah. Uh, if like I think you said a couple of weeks ago, you could have taken that tied episode and made it like ten or fifteen minutes tops yeah, as so part real. of a longer one, and I agree with you. Yeah, it's just uh, pretty sad. Uh, I now, like yours, the last couple of seasons of Fear the Walking Dead have been really good, so that's going to start in a couple of weeks. We'll see if that has any traction or not. I, I don't know how they could do it if the regular Walking Dead couldn't do it based on COVID. So we'll just have to see. I don't know this. So the Walking Dead recap for the last two weeks. Thumbs down to steal the Ebert and Siskel thing of, of many years ago. And, and toes and noses and ears and teeth and everything down. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what, a show that I've really come across, I think I may have mentioned you privately, uh, Resident Alien. It's on sci-fi. Yeah, I, I keep forgetting to check that out. You, you really that like show it. is the best show, I think, on television right now. Because it's uh, the guy from Steve the Pirate from Dodgeball. I don't know if you remember that yeah. show. That yeah. classic. <laughs> Um, so Steve, the pirate is this alien who takes on this human form. And that's all I'll say. I mean, you find out in the first five, 10 minutes, um, but it is great writing. It has great characters and it doesn't, um, it doesn't do what you expect, you know, some, and, and characters change and there's all kinds of other different things that take place. And I I just love the show. I just absolutely love the show. Yeah. I what I don't love is that the Yankees just had someone thrown out at home plate in the in the ninth inning. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean that's that's a show that I, th- I think you'll really like the show. There you go. The only show that I have to see right now is Mayans, which is yeah, the- that looks like a good show. I mean, I, I've always liked the uh, the Sons of Anarchy and everything else related to it, but um, I don't know. Yeah, but um, you have to. But if you're gonna watch it, you gotta go back and start from the beginning because it is confusing. And there's even times this year oh, yeah. I've gotten lost a little bit about okay, who's the, you know that person? So, but it, it's definitely worth seeing. Yeah, yeah oh, no, it's definitely one you want to watch if you're gonna watch Mayans. Make sure there's no small children around because they are getting away with more words I've ever heard uh, on FX than in before. So, uh, very rated R show if you're gonna watch Mayans on FX. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. Even with the Resident Alien, there's a it's. It's a 10 o'clock show, but it, it, it sort of sometimes seems PG-13 or PG, and other times it seems like R, you know, But because yeah. uh, the alien loves the curse. And that's something I appreciate because I love the curse. There you go. Well, let's get the heck out of here then, all right? Before I start cursing, right. There you go. I'm Jeff. I am Joe. Have a great Easter weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.